Good morning, everyone. Happy Ashina Rabbah. We're sitting in the sukkah on the seventh day of sukkahs. And we're going to continue. We left off. Beya, the third chapter, 27a. Six line from the top. And we go back to the argument in the Mishnah, the Nabi Yehuda and the Rabbi Shimon, whether you're allowed to examine an animal, a firstborn animal, a culture animal, to see if it has defects, so you can, uh, you can sell it, you can eat it. So the mother says, Rabbi Huddin, the Siyah owned a firstborn animal. And he had Kayanim. He supported Kayanim, who could eat, who could eat it. Who can eat it if it's a balmum? They're allowed to eat it if it becomes defective. You're not allowed if it's not a balmum. You're not allowed to slaughter it because it's slaughtering it outside the temple. You're not allowed. To, it's a holy animal. It's automatically sacred. It's born holy, so you're not allowed to slaughter it. But once it has a mum, then you can slaughter it, and the koinim can eat from it. So you should examine it to see if it has a permanent defect. So you can uh, you can uh, you can slaughter it and eat it. So, you're not allowed to examine on Yom Tov, like Rab Shimon. Rab told Rab Ami, others say Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Yirmiya is the one who told Rab Ami. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, whenever you have an argument with Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, the law follows Rabbi Yehuda, so why all of a sudden are you following? So, why all of a sudden are you following Rabbi Shimon? He says you're not allowed to examine. Amalei Rabab, Rabab said, Rabbi Yirmi, Ota Rabbi Zereik, My time, Elosh Avkino, Rabbanon, Mebedot, Rabbi Shimon, Why don't you allow the rabbis, Rabbi Amir, of Yitzhak Nafke, to follow the ver- to follow the opinion of Rabbi Shimon? Amalei, Rabbi Zereik said, Rabbi Amir, Vat Mabiyotcha, who did you hear that you have to follow Rab Shimon? In other words, this is the exception. Every rule is an exception in general. Whenever there's an argument in Abu Huda, Rab Shimon, the law follows Rab Yehuda. But this case was strict. This case we followed Rab Shimon that you're not allowed to examine the firstborn on Yom As like we learned yesterday, the reason is either because it's fixing the animal, you're not allowed to fix the animal, it's enabling you to eat from it, to slaughter it and eat from it. Or it's because it's rendering a judgment, giving a verdict. You're not allowed to render a judgment, a type of judgment that doesn't clarify. Of course, you can ask a, a rabbi, Allah, Shaila, and Yamtif. But he's like, if it's kosher, it's not kosher. He's, not, he's just clarifying, he's not creating anything. But here, the law states that until the rabbi, the expert, says you're allowed to slaughter from the animal, you're not allowed to slaughter from the animal. If you go ahead and slaughter the animal without asking the rabbi, you're not allowed to eat from the meat. So the rabbi's verdict is a verdict. It's not just he's clarifying something that's. Therefore, you're not allowed to do it on Yom Your mother says, I'm a man who one of the students said, we don't know his name, he just says, someone said, Eski Vesaglos, I wish they'll have the merit to go to Ertisrol. The Egmerolish might some Puma the mother. I should hear this from Rabzeda himself. And he taka had the schus, you know, you get what you wish for. He wished to go to Ertisrol. And that's what happened. Salik Lassum, he went to Eretz Yisrael. Ashkel Rav Zedah, he met Rav Zedah. Vamalei, 
Did you indeed say that the law in this case follows Rav Shimon? I never said that I heard from my teachers that the law is Rav Shimon. I'm not Mr. I say that it makes sense. It makes more sense. Rav Shimon's opinion makes more sense to me. Why? Rav Zayda explained himself. Why, why does it make more sense? Since it says in our mission. That any animal which the defect was not detectable before Yamtiv, it's not prepared. Why? It had a it had a mum. It had a defect before Yamtiv. But you just didn't see it before Yamtiv. It wasn't nicked, it wasn't distinguishable, no one saw it. Uktan lebe brais, and we learn in the brais rabbeishia. The brais is rabbeishia to it. The lashon chachamim. There in the brais, this opinion is stated in the in the name of the rabbis, a majority of the rabbis. The exact same expression that that if if the defect was developed before yamtiv or on yamtiv, doesn't matter. But the, the expert didn't see it before yamtiv, so you're not allowed to eat it on yamtiv. It's not mochan, and that's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. So since the Braiser Abayshia brings this opinion, name of the Rabbi Shmamina Mustablika Vasay, all that this is this is the halacha. The rabbis agree with Rabbi Shimon versus Rabbi Huda. My Havala, so it's not a clear proof. So what's the bottom line according to who who's the halacha? Who do we follow? Rabbi Huda Rabbi Shimon. Are you allowed to examine the defect on Yantav or not? Actually, I'll bring you a proof that this argument depends on is hanging on very thick rope. Ashley's rope, big rope, thick rope. It's hard to, to detach like, yourself from this rope. It hangs on great trees. Right. It hangs because you know, this argument is, is, it hangs on, it depends on another argument of great rabbis and you can't just dismiss their words. In the name of the congregation, the holy congregation of Yerushalayim, and his colleagues, he said, We learned yesterday that he said that Rav Shimon said to Rebbe that even if the, the defect was developed before Yamtiv, you're not allowed to examine it on Yamtiv. So they said the law follows the law follows Rabbi Meir. So he said he's going to explain what he means that the law, the law follows Rab Meir. Rab Shimon and the Chaveira Amru said the law follows Rab Meir. The mother stops right away and says Amru. They said that Rab Shimon ben and his colleagues said the law follows Rab Meir. But Inu, the the how could he say that the, the holy uh-huh. congregation of Yishlayim said in the name of Shimon Menasia they're older than Shimon Menasia? Shishmanet Tuva they're much older. 
Why? was in time of Rebbe and his sons. As it says in Pirkei Avos, Rabbi said that all the qualities, the seven qualities that are stated about a Chacham, says were found in Rebbe and his sons. He lived. He lived. He was a contemporary of Rebbe and his sons. So how can you say that the elders of Yerushalayim, Rebbe is saying in the name of the elders of Yerushalayim, and they're quoting Rabbi Shimon Ben Menasia was much younger. Ella, Rebbe said, Ella, Rebbe said in the name. That the, but this is what Rabbi Shimon ben his contemporary and his colleagues say, that you're not allowed to examine a defect on Yamdiv, Bishit is a Rabbi is saying. That this shit in the name of he's telling them you think you're you're arguing a whole argument as if you discovered America. This is already an ancient argument. Already, the, my elder, the elders of Jerusalem, the Holy Congregation of Jerusalem, already already told me the law follows Rameir. What's he referring to? If not, we learn the Mishnah If someone slaughters shecht the the firstborn before he had a chance to show it to the wise one to see. If it's a defective, if he's allowed to slaughter it, the charkechet is mumet. And after the fact, he shows the defect to the expert. And it turns out that it is a permanent defect. Abihuda matir. Abihuda allows you to eat from it. Because it turns out that you did the right thing. You didn't do anything wrong. You're never allowed to eat from it. You violate it. You had no permission to eat it before you check it out with the expert, with the rabbi. Alma, we see that seeing, examining the defect is not the same as examining if the animal is treif, if the animal has a, a, a terminal illness. Because he has you have to show it mechayim. You have to show it when he's still alive, before you slur, before you shecht it. But he is treifa. To show if it has a def- if it, the animal has a has a chronic illness, is you can show it after, and therefore you can slaughter it first. And you can show it after. There's no problem. This learn that since seeing the firstborn, seeing its defect is so important. It, that you have must see it before the animal, before you slaughter the animal. You can't say, I'll watch it later, and it'll just, it'll just reveal what the facts are. What difference does it make? So much so that if you went ahead and slaughtered it, even if it turns out it is a permanent defect, you're not allowed to eat from it. So therefore they held the yesterday for Philippi You can see, you can examine an animal that you slaughter. You're allowed to slaughter an animal, you have to have fresh meat. So the, the shaykhid can check the animal after you slaughter it to see if it, if it has, if it has a, a chronic illness or not. But the riyas b'chay, you're not allowed to. But to see the b'chay, to see the firstborn, if it has a permanent defect, that you're not allowed to. You have to see it made of yamtiv. You must see it from before yamtiv. That's what he said. That's what the Rebbe is saying. That the Rebbe and the Rabbi say, that you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to examine a firstborn kosher animal for its defect to determine if its defects are permanent, this is already something that they rely on an earlier 
great, and he's referring to Rab Meir, who said that 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 uh, you're not allowed to eat from the firstborn if you don't check it before it's slaughtered. That's how Rabbi Yosef explained. What's the connection? Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda are not arguing whether you can see a defect or not. They're arguing whether you're allowed to eat from it or not. You slaughtered it without permission. It turns out that you had a right to slaughter it because it was a permanent defect. The question is, do we penalize him? Don't we penalize him? What does it have to do? How are you bringing a proof from there that means that, means that you're not allowed to that you're not allowed to see, examine a defect on Yamtiv. We cannot supply it, arguing whether you penalize him for not doing the right thing. If, what kind of, what kind of defect are we talking about? The argument in Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir, whether we punish him or not. If there's a defect in the eye, which is something that can change after death, kul amal the Asad, everyone holds you not allowed In other words, I can never know Maybe now it looks like a permanent defect Because it changes when In death, the eye changes So now it may look like a permanent defect But when you slaughtered it, it was not a permanent defect And therefore you had no right to slaughter it And therefore you're not allowed to eat it So according to even Abihuda Huda would agree you're not allowed to eat from it Keep legal when they're arguing All the other defects And many defects Over a hundred defects in the body I mean, not defects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other defects, yeah. The ear is cut off, or the hand is broken, whatever. This doesn't change from slaughtering it. Now suddenly you're not going to have a broken leg or, or cut off ear. So if you find that the ear is, is cut off or the leg is broken, then, then you had a right to slaughter it. Yes, he didn't do the right thing. You should have asked the rabbi before. But nevertheless, it's, it's, you don't have to penalize him. And may it hold that we make it a fence, a decree. Because if you're going to allow this case, then you may come to allow even a case, the type of defect that can change, right? Buddha says no. Buddha says, like, the Gemara now brings a proof to Abaya's interpretation. Those, he can't bring any proof from here. It has nothing to do with the question at hand whether you can examine a defect or not. What does it have to do? I'll bring you a proof that mayor holds you're not allowed to because of knas, it's a penalty, or because it's a decree. Not because not because examining after the fact doesn't help. Not because examining after the fact doesn't help. Since he slaughtered, not a, by, he didn't follow an expert. He went ahead and slaughtered it without before the expert had a, had a chance to examine and to determine. Shmami, no, we see clearly the it's, it's a penalty, but there's nothing wrong. You don't have to check it before. Really, I can check it after. Biblically, there's no problem. It's just the rabbi is penalized. Okay. Now the Gemara continues. Ami Ami from the city of Vardino. He, he was the examiner. He was the official examiner. Used to check the firstborn of the of the of the prince of the of the leader the nasi, if it has a defect or not. he wouldn't examine. Also, He's right that he's not examining in a yomtiv because he's not allowed to examine a yomtiv. Rabami himself used to examine. Really, examined it yesterday. 
You said the day before. We continue on side B, 27B. Ubi yamtiv shiyulu kumashayil. An yamtiv kumashayil In other words, he has to find out. He still has to find out whether the Koyin made this defect. If a Koyin goes ahead and makes a defect intentionally, because he wants to eat the animal. <laughs> he doesn't want to have all these holy animals ru- running around and the, they could do damage. He can't do anything with it. And he's hungry. He wants, to, he wants to eat the animal. So he goes ahead and makes a defect. So if he caused the animal to be defective, then he's not allowed to slaughter it. You mean we shouldn't trust the coin? You know, when it comes to your own money, don't trust anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he examined. The next day, he knew it was a permanent defect. The only question he had was, did the Koyan do it intentionally or not? If, as long as he established that it was really, it happened by itself, then he would permit. For example, there was this person, he brought a firstborn to the to examine. Before Yamtiv. Have Yosef Rav, was showering, shampooing his hair, in honor of Yamtiv. He lifted up his eyes, he saw the defect, he saw that it has a permanent defect, but he didn't have a chance to figure out if this person, if this Koyin, made the mum by himself, intentionally. I'm lazy, the go now, I'm busy, I'm showering. Come back the next day. Tell me, how did the animal get this defect? There was barley on this side of the fence, of thorns. The fence was made of thorns. And the animal, the firstborn, was on the other side. And he wanted to eat. So he stuck his head out to, to reach, to get the barley. And his lip got cut. The, the thorns, the, the, the fence was made of thorns to split his lips. Maybe you caused it. Maybe you put the barley on the other side so the animal should stick. You know the animal is going to go after the food, even if he kills himself. And you're knowing that, that the animal will become defective. I'm a late light. No, that's not what happened. I didn't do it intentionally. Question is, if if he didn't trust him in the first place, and that's why he's asking him all these questions. So now he tells you no. I, I now you do trust him. What happened? What changed? Right, right. You know how do you know a politician is lying? His lips move. <laughs> So yes. So now, so all of a sudden, now you trust him. <laughs> so he says. So some say maybe he has to bring witnesses. He has to bring proof. Maybe he didn't trust him. Okay, it's not a simple reading, but. But he never. Then they go on to say that it talks about typically you can't have a blemish, right? Right. But Rashi, because Rashi says it was a koyin. No, you're not allowed to make a blemish. So Rashi says you're not allowed to take a sacred animal and make a blemish. It's a prohibition in the Torah. It's one of the 613 mitzvahs. Rashi says it was a koyin. So koyin him, you suspect, because koyin him can eat it. If it's a Yisrael, why did Rashi say it was a koyin? Say it was a Yisrael. And the Yisrael is believed, because Yisrael doesn't gain anything. Well, what happens if it gets a defect? You give it to the koyin. So I, I don't gain anything from it. 
My only thing that I gain is I get to choose which Kayan, my favorite Kayan. That's all. So, so, anyway. So, so the commentary is discussed. Okay. So how do we know that if he caused a defect that the animals prohibited to eat? And we learn mumla yeah boy it shouldn't have a mum, it shouldn't have a defect initially, yeah boy mum. It shouldn't have mean initially How do you know? In other words, the animal the sacred animal is not should not have a mum. You're not allowed to designate an animal that has a mum, a defect, you can't designate it as a, as a, as a sacrifice. How do you know I'm not allowed to cause it a defect? To get a defect? Maybe put a... Put something on the ear. Put something on the ear. Put dough in the ear. Or pressed... Pressed... Um, or pressed figs. Put it on the ear. Yeah, dry fig. The dog will come. And bite it off his ear, and while he's chewing on the on the on the uh, on the dried figs, he'll he'll chew his ear off, <laughs> or, or or the dough. He should have said mum. He should have said mum. If would have said mum, not all every mum. Then I would say only if you made a mum intentionally with your own hands. But if you caused it, now he says call mum. You're not allowed to cause. It's one of the 613 mitzvahs. You're not allowed to. Oh, not only aren't you allowed to make personally a defect in the animal, the sacred animal, I'm not allowed to even cause it, even if I don't do it indirectly. Not only directly, even indirectly. Yeah, right. an animal that dies in Yomtev. You shouldn't move it. It's mukt. Because I can't do anything with it. I can't eat it. It's in the veil. I didn't slaughter it. It died. So it's mukt. My, said it was a story, an episode. The shoulders of Tarif, and they asked her, Tarif, what should you do with this animal that just dropped dead? Allah Chala, Shinit Maas, and Chala that became impure. Chala is like Trum. I can't give it to the Koyan today because you're not allowed to eat it. I can't give it to a dog because you're not allowed to, or, or burn it in the fire, you're not allowed to. Yes, you have to burn. Chala that becomes impure, you have to burn, but I can't do it in Yamtiv. Can't give it to my animal to eat. You can't consume. You can't get rid of the holy, sacred items, food, by by having an animal devour it. Your animal devour it. You're not allowed to burn holy, holy, sacred meat or anything holy in the Yantif or Chal. Not only you're not allowed to burn. Any way to get rid of it, you're not allowed. To. It's not a question of of. Because because I'm not because if I can't eat it, what use do I have? Why? I can burn it and benefit from the light. I'm allowed to make a fire and, 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 and enjoy the light. I mean, use a fire to enjoy the light. So why can't I use the oil that became impure? Because it's a rule. You can't consume, get rid of the tater says you have to get rid of this oil, you have to consume it. You're not allowed to do it in any way, shape or form on yum. Even if you're benefiting it from it. You're giving it to your animal, you're benefiting from it. You're giving him what to eat. You're not allowed to do it in Yant. So what should you do with it? When Nich, the Beis HaMetz, Rabbi Tarfan entered into the house of study, Vishal, he didn't know the answer. 
like a good rabbi, he doesn't know the answer. He goes to the house of study to find out. They said to him, both of these items he's not allowed to touch. It's muktz. He can't do anything with it. It's muktz. That's the mission. And our mission follows not like Abshimen. says, You're allowed to cut the pumpkins and feed the animal. You're allowed to cut the carcass and feed your dogs. We're talking about if it became, even on Shabbos, we're talking about if it died on Shabbos, the carcass. It became a carcass on Shabbos. He's arguing with Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda holds a muktzah. Unless it was a carcass from before Shabbos. Only then, since you had your eye and mind on it, then you're allowed to cut it up on Shabbos and feed your dog. But if it dies on Shabbos, you're not allowed. Rabbi Shimon argues and says, even if it dies on Shabbos, he doesn't hold a muktzah. So our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Huda. The mission says it's muktzah. You're not allowed to because it died on yamtiv. According to Rabbi Shimon, you would be allowed to. The Gemara says no. I feel the tamer Rabbi Shimon. Even Rabbi Shimon would agree in our case. Rabbi Shimon agrees. A healthy animal. Our mission is talking about it was healthy when Shabbos when the Shabbos and yamtiv started. It was a healthy animal. It was the first thing from your mind. Suddenly it's going to drop dead. And then Corona came and suddenly it dropped dead. You know, suddenly it dropped dead. Like someone dies in their sleep. Completely unexpected. It wasn't sick or anything. So he says, in this case, even Abshimen agrees that it's Muktzah. Not that Abshimen doesn't hold there is no Muktzah. We already learned many times. Even Abshimen holds if you take uh, uh, figs to dry up to the roof, or you take gra- uh, grapes that make ra- turn into raisins, even if Shimon holds of that type of muksa, it's completely out of mind. You set it aside. I'm not touching it until it's ripe, until it's dry, until it's ready, edible. So this type of muksa, which is completely out of your mind, a healthy animal suddenly drops dead. Even if Shimon says you're not allowed to, uh, it's muksa, you're not allowed to touch it, move it, cut it up and feed your animal. Yeah, okay, this makes sense according to that opinion. In this case, Rav Shimon would agree. But there is an opinion that holds. Mar, the son of Rabbi Yosef, in the name of Rav, he says, they're both arguing what Rav said. He said in the name of Rav, Rav Shimon argued even in this case. Because any, your mind is on anything. Anything that's useful, if it becomes useful, I'm ready to use. That's the definition of, of owning something. It's, it's, it's here from my usage, my benefits. Anything that's there, whatever shape or form will take, it's already it's already designated to use. And so, therefore, you, so according to that opinion, do you have to say our Mishnah follows Rabbi Yehuda? It's not unanimous. Michael and Mamus, the Gemara says, Targum Mezidi. So Zidi interpreted that our mission is talking about, according to this opinion, Bevemus Kachim. We're talking about we're talking about a sacred animal. That you're not allowed to benefit. It's not a question of muksa. You're right. Rabshim is not a question of muksa. Even if it's not muksa, I can't touch it because it's a holy sacred animal. And I must bury it. And I can't redeem it. A, because in order to redeem anything sacred, you have to bring it in front of the judge to evaluate. You can only bring a living animal. You can't bring a dead animal. 
B, you're not allowed to redeem. You're only allowed to redeem kachim for your usage, for your own personal usage. But you're not allowed to redeem sacred food, sacred sacrifice animals to feed to feed dogs. That you're not allowed to feed animals. That you're not allowed to. So therefore, it's not it's not worthy. It's not useful for anything. That's why it's mukt. That's why I can't touch it. What am I going to do with it? In this case, it's mukt. They can not bring a proof. We learn on this Mishnah, that we learn right after this, in the Mishnah. So, it's similar to the case of Chala. Chala is holy. Chala is sacred. It's like Truma. So, in the first case, when he talks about the animal that died, we're talking about a sacred animal that died. The only reason it's allowed, it's prohibited because it's a holy animal. But in the case of a regular animal, it's allowed. According to the opinion that holds, Rabbi Shimon argues even, even in the case of, of a healthy animal, robust animal, it was healthy when Yantav started and then it dropped dead, that you're allowed to. So it makes sense. Our mission is following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that it's allowed. According to the opinion and name of Rabbi that holds that it, even Abshimon agrees that in the case of a robust animal that suddenly drops dead, I'm not, I can't use it. it's muktza. So how can you say that only a sacred animal even have the same problem with a regular animal? If it dies, it dies in the middle of Yom if I can't eat it. How can you say you're allowed? My skinning, my answers according to that opinion will say our mission is talking about from Mr. Kenneth. The animal was about to die. It was dropping dead. It was, it was barely alive, barely walking. Some of the chickens we used for kaparas. <laughs> One of them actually died in Mendel's hand once while he was holding it. Before he had a chance. It looks on that one. <laughs> yeah, Shelley would have a heart attack. So, <laughs> so, so we're talking about an animal. It was already. It was already one leg. It was already one leg in the grave. So, so therefore, you already had it in mind. According to him, even Abi Huda would agree. That it's allowed. Even Abi Huda would agree it's allowed. It's not mukta. I had a mind. I'm waiting for it to die. I can feed the feed the dogs. It's only because it's a sacred animal. It's a problem. And according to everyone, it's a problem. The last, the next mission. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to uh, appoint yourself on an animal. The mother will explain what he means. You're allowed to designate yourself reserve before Yamtiv, and then and then you can slaughter it and then you can divide it amongst yourself. So Yamtiv says, What does the Mishnah mean? What do you mean you appoint yourself to an animal? If you need an animal for Yamtiv to slaughter, you have a lot of guests that showed up. You can't do business. You can't suddenly do a, business, a normal business transaction. How much is it? How much is the cost? Let me pay you. You can't do that. Uh, you gotta make the deal. Yeah, the uh, Ezra, Ezra said you can't do business because yeah. when he found he came to Yerushalayim, Shabbos was a regular day. The marketplace was open. On the contrary, it was the, big, the best day for business. Everyone was relaxed. No one was working. Everyone was doing business. He says, no, 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 no. This is going to stop right here and now. No business on Shabbos. No business on Yom So how do you do? If you're not allowed to, so how, do you, how do you do this? I need to buy the animal. You do it the day before, so what do you do? It? And you pay him on the day after. No, but what if you... So he says, I say, do it the day before. Fine. But what if I didn't do it the day before? I have suddenly unexpected guests. What am I going to do? I'm stuck. I need an animal. 
I go to the merchant, but I can't do business. Well, what do I do? So Amadav says, maybe stay behemoths. Take two animals. And place one next to the other. This is like this, and take one of them. So the next day, the owner can say, okay, I know which animal you took. It was exactly the same, the same height, the same weight, more or less. And this is what it cost you. A person shouldn't say to his friend, I'm with you for a dollar. I'm going to join, I'm going to participate in this animal. I'll take a dollar's worth of steak or two dollars worth of rib steak, ribeye. He's say, I'll take half, I'll take a third, a quarter. So it's not the normal way of doing business. And then after Yom Tov, you'll calculate and you'll figure out and we finish till the next mission and we finish the Dav. Everyone have a, a, a good kvittel and, uh, and uh, a good yontiv and a happy shine it up.